everyone, and welcome back to The Stream UK, an Allison and Partners podcast. This week, we're getting all creative and tapping in to our fantastic consumer team. You'll find out why that's upon later on in the show. This episode is all about an important but often underappreciated part of any press office. Yes, we'll be talking about the humble issues hijack. So if you're running a consumer-focused marketing or communications campaign, this is the podcast for you. Joining me to discuss this topic are newcomers to the podcast, Emma Polchuk and Taylor Burke. Both are part of our fantastic consumer team based here in London. Emma, Taylor, thanks for joining us on the podcast. So to get us started, and turning to you, Emma, first, issues hijacking is one of those classic PR agency terms that we use every single day and throw around. But for anyone who's new to it, how would you describe issues hijacking in a few sentences? So most activity undertaken by a PR team can fall into either proactive or reactive work. So you have the plan for activations, the company news, and kind of the ongoing media outreach and storytelling, which is obviously part of the proactive PR campaign. And then you have activities such as issues hijacking, which is a lot more reactive. And it's essentially a way of monitoring the news and social channels and really working out where you can insert your client into a broader piece of news or activity happening within wider society. This could involve anything from jumping on a viral social media trend and making sure your client's channels are staying relevant all the way through to drafting comment from one of your execs reacting to a big piece of news in their relevant industry. Both of these are obviously quite fast moving and require quite a quick turnaround. Then there are obviously some things you can jump on from an issues hijack perspective that can have a slightly longer run up. So annual events and awards, national days of the year that could be planned for a little further in advance. And Taylor, I feel like we're always including issues hijacks in every single proposal we put together for for clients where we've got an ongoing press office. Why is it such an important part of any ongoing press activity? At the end of the day, issues hijacking really builds a brand's overall consumer awareness. And then, of course, ultimately, that drives business. So when we do decide to participate in an existing news or cultural happening on behalf of our clients, we're putting those clients at the hearts of current conversations and then ultimately getting them on consumer radars. Issues hijacking is just such an important part of any consumer press office because people will remember how brands responded to major moments and Then, of course, when brands remain top of mind, people are more likely to go to them for their purchases. Another key reason why consumer issues hijacking is so crucial, I'd say, is because it's a way to create news and buzz for brands when they don't have a new product launch or announcement or whatever it may be. As communications pros know, it can be hard to gain editor interest without having something newsworthy or noteworthy to share. And consumer issues hijacking opens the door to this. An example of this on my end was National Picnic Day last year. Many of us, as we all know, were in lockdown or working remotely. A major food company took social and shared what it would be bringing to a virtual picnic and asked other brands to get involved. One of my clients has delicious takeaway food and it's perfect for a picnic. So we participated by posting on social. We were able to get some pickup on Instagram as well as a news roundup. And it was definitely an easy way to get recognition, even when we didn't have something new to share. I think one of the challenges that we come across is there's so much news out there. I mean, we live in a 24-hour news cycle. There's something on Twitter all the time that could be out there. I mean, you mentioned National Picnic Day, but there seems like there's a day for everything now if you want to look for it. A lot of what is important about issues hijacks in the consumer space is really finding the right things to jump on and ignoring the noise. So how do we decide what trends and issues are worth hijacking and which aren't? I'd say first and foremost, it's important to think through what a brand represents and stands for. So if it's a big piece of news or happening and it resonates with your client, then it's most likely worth pursuing. But another big factor here is how people are responding and reacting to the news. So something's getting negative attention, you likely don't want to insert your brand into the conversation. 
I would say, remember that it's always best to stand for the right side of things, but to keep in mind that people have varying opinions across a variety of topics. So it is most often good to take a stance if your position is on brand, it will uplift consumers in a positive way, but be prepared with concrete messaging in case anyone responds with thoughts or questions. Emma, you touched on this in your answer at the start of the podcast, but when it comes to spotting opportunities, the events can fall into those that we know about and can plan for, and those that really pop out of the blue and that we didn't know were necessarily on the horizon. So talking about those we can plan for first, how do we make sure we're on top of the right events for our clients? So I think planning in advance, as far in advance as you can, is really key here. So working out what events are coming up, what days of the year or seasonal moments might have had significant impact this time last year, and really bringing these ideas to your clients in good time. So this can be in your weekly check-in sessions, this can be in your quarterly reviews, but really getting their buy-in and their understanding of what we plan to do and why we plan to do it is really important. I think a really helpful way can be bringing clients into your internal brainstorms and those kind of planning sessions as you look at the year ahead can be a really good way of getting them involved from the outset and really getting them to understand what we're trying to do and also understand where they want to be and where they want to see themselves inserted. So this could be a specific moment in time or a certain event they'd like to be at or be involved with. Having them involved from the outset can be really beneficial when it comes to choosing those right types of events and moments in time to jump on. And also just really key to make sure everything aligns with your client objectives and really understanding what your client wants to see from these events. Anything we do proactively or reactively really needs to ramp back up to those bigger goals that your client has essentially hired you for. So just making sure that everyone's aligned from the outset and everyone's moving towards that common goal is really important. I totally agree. Having clients involved throughout the process really makes everything run so much more smoothly and means that you can anticipate the right events. And I know some of the most successful issues hijacks that we've done as an agency have come where the client's been a part of it from the very beginning. Sometimes a bigger challenge can be jumping on those unexpected events because you might have done all the planning in the world and yet something's going to come out of the blue that you weren't expecting. How do we spot those at AMP to make sure that we're on top of these trends as they come up? Definitely. I think this is something we've all come up against. We can never predict absolutely everything that's going to happen. So I think just keeping on top of daily monitoring for all of your clients is a must. So reading print newspapers, monitoring online media, as well as working out and seeing what's happening on social to really get ahead of what's trending and monitor how certain stories might be developing into something bigger and really working out where we can jump in effectively. So AMP, we do this through manual searching, daily rapid response monitoring for all of our clients, which helps us spot coverage as well as any related industry news that we might need to be aware of and flag to our clients. And we also use tools such as Google Alert, Cision, Gorkana, Kanta, obviously, to make sure we're receiving news directly into our inbox throughout the day. Obviously, as the last year has shown, things can change and develop very quickly. And you should always be prepared for a certain amount of unpredictability within your client campaigns, really just ensuring we're staying on top of that breaking news as and when it happens and how those certain events will then play out into something bigger is really important. Issues hijacking in the consumer space can be quite an exciting thing for us to do. It's something you need to jump on very quickly. It's something that happens at great speed. And actually, really, speed is essential when it comes to a successful issues hijack. That can make it quite intimidating for a lot of clients and potentially for some people listening to this podcast. Taylor, what advice would you give to anyone listening to this podcast about how to make sure you're reacting in time? It's definitely true that speed is key. When it comes to consumer hijacking, there is a sweet spot of, in general, a handful of hours to respond. Of course, it does depend on the news cycle, but often news starts to die down within that first 24 to 48 hours, and you want to ideally have inserted your brand before that time if possible. 
Emma touched on this a little bit previously, but I do have some tips um, that I can run through on how to respond quickly. But the biggest thing I would say is just really remaining nimble and, and quick on your feet and knowing that things do come up. We work in PR and it's okay to have a to-do list and scrap that to-do list to get involved in current news and cultural conversations. That's often the best thing to do for clients and that's okay. So remaining nimble is really the biggest thing and the best thing that you can do. But some other tips and tricks similar to, again, what Emma had mentioned is subscribing to news alerts from top tier publications, but then too, making sure that you're subscribed to other outlets that are covering your client's industry. Do a Google search every morning on topics related to your client's field. It can be a quick 10 to 15 minute scan. Definitely have your uh, key search terms outlined and your days of scanning ownership ready across your team beforehand. Create a calendar with those key moments in time already outlined. That way you and your team are familiar with major upcoming cultural moments. You can see what conversations are happening around them. And then two, keeping an eye on competitors is really key. If you wanna keep a pulse on what major news, initiatives or campaigns they're launching, is there a way that you can respond in a lighthearted, friendly way? And if so, this could be a great chance to hijack. One of the dangers when it comes to issues hijacks is that it can become a little bit tunnel visioned on potentially a earned media response. It can often be put into a bit of a box in campaigns, but actually it's the kind of thing that you can activate across all your channels, not just organic media. So across social, across paid channels that you might already have, maybe even across your website. So what are the best ways to identify the right channel for the right issues hijack? I'd say it comes down to two big determining factors. So one is how and where is the news primarily being discussed? Is it via television, news articles, social, word of mouth, keeping a pulse on that piece? And then two, what is your client's main objective and where do they have the largest presence? So is your client or brand really strong on social or do they want to increase their followers there? Um, if so, that answer is yes. And the news has primarily been talked about via social posts and comments. It would make the most sense to tap in here. If editors are continuing to write about the topic over a handful of days, focusing your energy on organic and or earned outreach would make the most sense here. And um, you'd want to follow up with these reporters and offer your brand stance to get involved in the conversation. And of course, if the news is big and being talked about on a large scale, a hijacking approach across platforms is best if your team has the bandwidth. Just remember that whatever you put out there will likely be picked up. So being strategic in where, when, and how you post either on social, but decide to engage with editors or put efforts into paid media is key. Absolutely. And interestingly, these days, I see so many examples of where the social post and the social response has then fed in to the earned media response and a really creative issues hijack on social channels can then become a new story in and of itself. And I think there's going to be a few examples of that that we're going to talk about a bit later on in the podcast. Before that, we can complete podcast by talking a little bit about what we do at Allison and Partners. And I think a really important thing to mention at this point is our global tap-in team. Emma, can you explain a little bit more about what they do, who they are, and how we get them involved in our campaigns? So as we know in the world of PR, it's very fast moving, especially within that agency environment when you can be working on multiple different client campaigns all at the same time. And this can often mean it can be harder to take a step back and really see things in a new way, especially if you've been with a client for a while and are comfortable with what you know works and what you know the client likes. 
So yeah, this is where our tap-in team comes in. So it's essentially a group of colleagues from across the global AMP network who are tapped in to everything that's trending and resonating with consumers across the world. They then share their weekly roundups of what's happening alongside ideas of how we can get our clients involved in these trending topics. So a recent example is that they shared a recap of Cadbury's really powerful campaign where they actually replaced their branding with stories from the elderly in a bid to raise awareness of the isolation and loneliness often felt by older generations and shared some really powerful ideas of how we can get our own clients involved in this type of activation and how we can tap into giving people a voice and sharing conversations and starting conversations, which is obviously all the more poignant after a year of social distancing and a lot of society facing hardship. So that was just one example of how they can help us see differently and think more creatively when it comes to how we're inserting our clients into these types of conversations. They also share a really helpful list of upcoming cultural moments and holidays that we should be aware of from an issues hijacking perspective. So I think the recent email had everything from National Pretzel Day to World Earth Day. They're just a really helpful resource that we have at Allison and Partners to really help us keep on track with everything we need to know and help us realise how we can jump on events in a timely and effective way. Absolutely. And I feel they always say that they can spot trends before you see them coming through on your timeline. That's absolutely true. I've seen things that they've managed to see coming through and then I'll see it a few days later and everyone's talking about it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, they saw it first. And it's a great way for us to make sure that we are two days ahead, essentially, of where we need to be. And it really answers your point there, what we've been talking about when it comes to speed is that if you can give yourself any sort of head start, you can make sure that your response is much better thought through, much better planned, and that you're really going out there all guns blazing on those issues hijacks that you care about. So whatever we can do as a team to use either our global tap-in team or working with our clients, it really makes for a more successful consumer issues hijack. I always like to wrap up these podcasts by giving some great examples to our listeners and some things that we've spotted in the industry that we would highlight as really the mark mark of excellence. So Taylor, I don't know if you want to kick off on this one. What have you been seeing out there that really just screams great issues hijack? There are a lot of good ones out there, but a brand that first comes to mind for me is Madame Tussaud. Um, So as we all know, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have been a big subject point over the past few years, certainly. When Harry and Meghan first announced that they would be stepping away from the royal family, Madame Tussaud's wax museum removed them from their exhibit. And so even though so much of the world was focused on Harry and Meghan, Madame Tussaud did a clever and really easy hijacking move to get their brand attention, even in everything media cycle. To that end, Madame Tussaud's is a great brand to watch for newsjacking inspiration in general, I'd say. They're often quick to respond to any big milestone and it generates a lot of coverage. When President Trump canceled his visit to London a bit ago because London's U.S. Embassy location had changed, Madame Tussaud moved his wax sculpture to a more remote spot in England. So Madame Tussaud is often at the forefront of news cycles and their creative sense are definitely why. Yeah, I I love those examples, partially as well, because they do such a great job of supplying those great images. And they know that the stories they're jumping onto don't have those photos attached to them, and they can provide great visual assets that really make them attached to those news stories. And they also don't rest on just doing the same thing every single time. As you mentioned there, the Harry and Meghan example was different from the Donald Trump example, even though they have a lot in common, so that they keep mixing it up so that the reporters they're sending these stories to have something new to work with. So I love that as an example. Emma, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, so an example of something I've seen that's something really kind of taking off on social media, which then infiltrates into earned media coverage, 
is the Caterpillar cake scandal um, between M&S and Aldi. And it's been really interesting to see how different companies have really been getting involved on social media and jumping on this kind of trending hashtag that Aldi created for themselves to really help change the narrative. So obviously a lawsuit is quite a serious thing with M&S taking legal action against Aldi for supposedly ripping off their calling the Caterpillar brand. But I think Aldi like I said, did a really great job at changing that narrative and creating this hashtag free Cuthbert social media hashtag and was a whole campaign in and of itself, which then encouraged consumers and brands and other supermarkets to get involved using that same hashtag. So an example is Morrison's then posted a picture of their own cake in disguise with many others combining kind of previous viral videos, including you have no authority here, Jackie Weaver, and kind of some viral football fan videos that were really kind of prevalent on TikTok to create brand new viral content as it related to this free Cuthbert campaign. And it, it also saw brands like Misguided and National Rail get involved in something that naturally isn't a natural fit for them to post on their um, social channels. But it was a really good way of them kind of getting creative and trying to insert themselves into a conversation, which was obviously gaining so much traction. So yeah, I just think that's a really good example of brands acting really quickly, like we've said, is so key to jump on a story while it's still gaining traction and inserting yourself into a conversation that you know a lot of consumers are watching and following that hashtag. And you also know a lot of media are watching as well. There were tons of media recaps of journalists compiling the best free Cuthbert content um, across any and all media online outlet, which then is obviously great coverage and brand awareness for your client. And we often say to our clients that they need to live at the intersection of commerce and culture. So this is just one of those examples of where you need to insert yourself into the cultural discussion. I mean, we might not be able to all be in the same place and talking around the water cooler, but we are all talking about it. And this is what the discussion of the nation has been. And that might change in the next week, probably will. But there's a great opportunity while that's still there for brands, whether you're a key competitor, so the other supermarkets, or whether you're a brand in a completely different space to, to get involved, as long as you have something interesting and worthwhile to add to that conversation. I feel like we could talk about this topic for much longer, but unfortunately, we have to leave it there for today. Taylor, Emma, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. For those of you listening at home, thank you for joining us for another episode of The Stream UK. We're a monthly podcast from Allison and Partners. So if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our insights and analysis. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can always find out more at allisonpr.co.uk forward slash stream. Thanks for stopping by.